to just tell you, I am so grateful to the Lord for His mercy and His goodness. And uh, I just want to get into the Word this morning. But uh, before we do, I want to just pray. I want to ask the Holy Spirit to just be on our time this morning. And uh, I believe He's going to minister to us this morning. Father, we thank You. We thank You, Lord, that You are life. You are abundant life. You've come, Lord, to expand, to bring increase on every side. Lord, you've come to open the heavens and open our eyes to see exactly what we have and what we possess and who we are in you. And Father, I just pray, Lord, that we're going to come up to a new level today, a level of faith, a level of great vision. Lord, we give you praise. And everyone said, amen and amen. Praise God. I want to ask, how many here are facing something in life right now. You're facing something and you really need a miracle. How many here can say, I'm facing a need in my life. I need a breakthrough. I want you to raise your hand right now in Jesus' name. Because I really felt the Lord speak to me about this, that he wants to do extraordinary things in ordinary people. And I believe that we need to make a paradigm shift in our minds that we are not just ordinary. Amen. We need to understand that with the power of the Holy Spirit, you move into a new level of extraordinary uh, power and extraordinary means and an extraordinary uh, uh, relationship in your walk with God. Amen. So I want you to raise your hand again because I'm going to just pray for you. Father... We believe that you are the God of the impossible. Lord, we believe that you're a God who hears the prayer of the righteous. And Lord, you move mountains. And Father, we ask you right now, Lord, for those needs and those hands that are raised, that Lord, you would come with wisdom. Lord, that you would bring an understanding, Lord, that you're the God who moves the heavens. You're the God who moves and exposes your great right arm, Lord, on our behalf for those who believe your word and stand on the promises of your word. And Lord, today we thank you that you're a God who does not change. You're a God who is there yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord, we believe that you're faithful. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. I want you to know that you are extraordinary. I want you to jump with me in your Bibles, if you can, to Psalms chapter 46. Psalms chapter 46. I want to show you some things this morning. Uh, I, want to, I want to talk to you about carrying heaven. All of you this morning carry something. All of you, like I said, you carry something with you. And not only that, you are echoing and you are reflecting, you are giving off what is inside of you this morning. If you're a Christian, if you're a believer, there's something that you are emitting right now. And uh, whether you think so or not, people are watching you. Amen. Everyone say, I am being watched. (laughs) <laughs> How many of you have ever had somebody come up and told you that? I'm, I am watching you. Well, people are watching you. 
They really are watching you more than you think they are watching you. And they're watching you for a reason, especially if you're a Christian. I find that people don't necessarily watch me so much of the time when things are going well. In fact, I find that when things are going well in my life, people actually don't like you. Have you ever noticed that? How many of you know that favor is not fair? Remember Joseph when God or Jacob gave his son Joseph a coat of many colors? All his brothers were watching him, but they hated him. And usually when you have the favor of God or there's favor, things are going well for you, People don't like you. They despise you. Usually because of the carnal mind, we usually think, well, what did you do to get that? Or what did you cheat? Or how did you get there? But usually I find that people watch you more, especially if you're a believer and you're walking through the fire. When you're going through some difficult times, I find that it's in those times that Jesus is actually glorified in a far greater way. Do you know that sometimes God will allow you to go through a problem? Not necessarily because He's trying to put some character in your life. He already knows He's got His glory in you. But as you are walking through something, and as you are patiently enduring, as you are believing God, people are actually watching how you handle it. They're looking at you. They're watching you. And they're seeing if there's something inside of you that is really uh, uh, ministering and bringing you through what you're going through. I've, I've actually had that happen many times. I've actually had people, when Carol and I, we've gone through things and, and people have asked us, how come you have the joy of the Lord? Or why is it that you are not so disturbed by certain things? And we've been able to give testimony to God's glory that it's the Lord that is our source. Now, I haven't always come through with great attitudes, I'll be honest to say that. But for the most part, I can tell you that anything the Lord, that we've walked through, the Lord has been faithful to deliver us. Amen? In Psalms 46, the Bible says a very important passage. It says, God is our refuge and strength and very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Everyone say that with me. We will not fear. Lift your hands right now. Say, thank you, Jesus, for delivering me from fear and from trouble. You are my refuge and very present help in the time of trouble. And I will not be afraid in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you believe that? God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. You see, now that power and that love and that sound mind is not human power. That's not human love. It's not just some kind of mental or positive thinking. You have the mind of Christ. How many are baptized in the Holy Ghost? Amen. You see, there are two types of people, especially with Christians. You are either a thermostat or you're a thermometer. Do you know what a thermometer does? A thermometer simply gauges the atmosphere. A thermometer simply watches 
what is around it. It simply just watches, engages, and determines what the atmosphere is. It's an observer. But a thermostat, it sets the atmosphere. It changes the atmosphere. A, thermo- a thermostat can actually alter the, uh, the atmosphere and transform it. It can change it. God has given you that power to do that. God has given you the Holy Spirit to literally come and alter situations. In fact, one person, I remember, actually myself, I'm going to say this. I remember the Lord, many times I've prayed this prayer. I've said, Lord, if you would only move. And you know what God keeps coming back? says, Ray, do not ever ask me to move again. I said, well, okay. I was shocked by by the, the Lord's response. He said, I'm already here. I'm waiting for you to move, Ray. I'm wait, waiting for you to act. I'm wait, in fact, you know what? Let me tell you something. There is no need for believers to wait on God anymore. I understand the importance of prayer and seeking His face. But we don't need to wait because God is already on the planet. He's already here. He's waiting for you to go into Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And He's waiting for you to bring some temperature adjustments in your cities. God is interested in our cities. The Bible says He's a very present help. He's a refuge in the time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. And notice what He goes on to say. For even though the earth be removed, the mountains are carried into the sea, and the waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains will shake and swell, Selah. In other words, he's saying here that though our physical world is torn apart, shaken, he didn't say that it wouldn't happen. He said though the mountains are moved, the earth is removed. How many of you know that everyone, how many here are on planet earth? He's saying that if the earth is removed. In other words, there's, there's things that might be taken out of your life. Your world might be shaken. He goes on here to say in verse number four, letter four, uh, uh, verse four I mean. It says, there is a river whose streams... Make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, and she shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, how many of you know that Jesus is the river? It says there is a river that makes glad. Notice it didn't say that there is a pond. Or there is a lake. It didn't say there is a marsh. It says there is a river. Now rivers flow. Everyone say flow. God's trying to teach us something here about understanding what we have. Because God wants that river flowing in the church. He wants that river flowing in your life. Ponds, lakes, and marshes don't flow. They're stagnant. They stand still. There's never any progressive vision. But when there's a river, the river flows. And also about a river, rivers always start from some place higher 
and it always flows down to the lower regions. God intends for you to understand that you're part of that river. Amen? There is a river whereof make glad the city of God. God is in the midst. Everyone say, in the midst. It's a river that is in the midst. In other words, He's right in the middle of what you're going through. God is in the midst of her. Say, God is in my river. He's in my river. He's right in the midst. Now, this is a metaphor. It's an analogy that the Lord is trying to show us here because I believe that we carry something within us that has the power to transform life. It has the power to bring life to people. And I, I, right now, I just... I just want to say a word, to speak a word. I'm a little hot up here. If you guys could turn me down, I'm really getting a lot of, just a little louder up here. Thanks, if you could turn me down. Thanks, okay. I, I just really sense in my spirit the Lord wanting to ring our bell this morning and help us be aware of the fact that a river moves. A river is moving. The river brings life. The river always comes and when it begins to touch dry places, it begins to bring dead seas, dead dreams, dead visions. God is wanting to blow. He wants to water His people, wants to water you this morning. He wants you to understand that He wants to stir again the vision and begin to stir the prophetic word that He's spoken over you and over this house. You know, just this week I was in my own personal prayer time and I pulled a prophetic word that came to this church in 2003 by a, a brother, uh, can't even say his name, he's from South Africa, from Nigeria. And he literally just came into this church. Uh, he was a pastor. In fact, he's a church, has a church in Nigeria, a very, very large church. His name is uh, Tawango or something like that. I'm not saying his name right but he came and he gave this church a word back in 2003 or 2004 and he said that God is going to begin to do things in a different way in this house and he's going to begin to blow and he's going to begin to move in ways and he says that I want you to be open to the moving of my spirit when I move differently and I, I remember I'm marking with a felt pen in that prophetic word. It was about eight or nine times where God would say, I want to do things differently. I want to move differently. And uh, in, order for <clears throat> in order for us to experience anything fresh from the Lord, we need to be in a place where we can, first of all, hear His voice. Amen? Today, if my sheep will hear my voice and so he wants us to hear his voice and secondly we need to have faith and we need to respond to that word and so i i, I remember that word that god spoke to us and god began to speak to my heart that he wants to revive god's people he wants to revive you he wants you to realize that it's not just the leadership but he's reviving the body why don't you jump over with me into uh, also into Psalm 65. In Psalms 65, it kind of declares a little bit about what, what the Lord is and who He is and what He's doing. 
I love what it says here. Psalm 65, in verse 1, it says, Praise is waiting you, O God in Zion. This is David. And to you the va- unto you the vow shall be performed, O you who hear prayer. To you all flesh will come. Iniquities prevail against me, and as for my transgressions, you will provide an atonement for them. Blessed is the man you choose and cause to approach you, that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with goodness, the goodness of your house, O your holy temple. Notice verse 5, by awesome deeds, this is miracles, by awesome deeds in righteousness, you will answer us. Jump down to verse 9 in Psalm 65. It says, you visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain, for so you have prepared it. You water its ridges abundantly. You settle its furrows. You make it soft with showers. You bless its growth. You crown the year with your goodness. And your paths drip with abundance. They drop on pastures of the wilderness. And the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys are also covered with grain. They shout for joy, and they also sing. The Bible is telling us here that God will visit the earth. He's come to visit. He comes to water, and He comes to enrich. You know, I used to live in Oregon by the Columbia River. I was born in Hood River, Oregon, and there's a a small city uh, by the name of Hood River, 60 miles east of Portland, Oregon, in the Columbia River Gorge, and I, I, I lived by the river. My family, my dad had built a home on the river, and one of the things about the Columbia River, it's about a mile wide in the area where we lived, and it, it was a tremendous uh, uh, moving river. It wasn't real fast moving, but it was obviously powerful. It has, there's a couple of dams built along the river, that goes clear up into northern, uh, northern, northeastern Washington. The Snake River becomes the Columbia River. goes out into the, to the Pacific Ocean. But I lived by the river. And one of the things that's amazing by the river, when, when, when you're in the river, by the river, it's, it's amazing how life is attracted by the river. Do you know that most cities around the world are built near rivers? And it's important. Because commerce, life, people need water. They need the river. We need river for transportation. But we find that in the Bible, the river of God is often connected to the very presence of God. The river of God speaks of His presence that is always moving. And one of the things with God's people is God wants us to be moving and He wants us to be flowing together. How many of you know that a river is never jerky? The river doesn't jerk. The river doesn't uh, just, it, it flows. And so just like a worship service, 
One of the reasons when we all come together as believers this morning, and all of you, and I've been teaching the past several weeks how we are a company of priests, and we are kings and priests unto the Lord, that as, as we are to come before the Lord with high praises of God in our mouth, and as we begin to offer up praises unto God, do you know that your praises to the Lord become a river? The Bible says that makes, there are many streams that form the river. Each one of you contribute and bring the stream of your gifts. And each stream, as that stream comes together, those streams begin to make a mighty river. Amen. Sometimes a service can just have a few streams in it. There are not a whole lot of streams flowing sometimes. There might be five or six streams flowing. But God's trying to say, you are a stream. And when your stream begins to connect with other streams, those streams begin to produce a river. There is a river. And God is in the midst of the river. And so when we come together as priests unto the Lord, We're New Testament priests today. The Bible says when we offer unto God the sacrifice of the praises of our lips and we begin to worship Him, the book of Ecclesiastes says that as the vapors of our praise ascend until the throne of heaven, it produces the rain. How many of you want rain on your life? I remember years ago, in our, our church where I used to be a part of years, years ago, we did not understand the power of worship or the power of praise. We were a church that was observing. We observed and we just kind of watched what happened. We watched everyone on the stage. We never thought about actually lifting our hands and worshiping the Lord in the spirit of holiness. We never understood the power of what it was when many streams would begin to flow in the song of the Lord and begin to worship Him in the beauty of holiness because we, didn't, we were never taught that. We didn't know that our voices were to actually be used to worship the Lord, to create this thing called the river. And so sometimes... I remember going into churches and I'd come into those churches and say, man, this church is dead. It's so quiet. And everybody's so self You know what? When you're baptized in the full full of the Holy Spirit and the love of God is saturated in your life, you know one thing about people, a a big river moving church, they're not conscious about themselves. You're just worshiping God. The only thing you're conscious about is God in the midst of of the river you see when God's in the midst of the river guess what happens when you're in the river remember when Hood River years ago my my brother and I we work all day in the fields because my grandfather had orchards and we, we we had to go change these long sprinklers I mean my granddad and my dad made my brother and I go out and change sprinklers and we'd have to change all the sprinklers and back in those days you did it by hand We had these 20-foot, 24-foot long aluminum pipes, and we'd have to change 
two times a day during the summertime, morning and night, we'd have to change the sprinklers in rows. And those rows went a couple thousand feet. And my brother and I, we couldn't wait to get done with changing the sprinklers so we could go to the river. And when we would go down to the river, man, we'd take our shirts off and we'd jump in the water and we were refreshed. Couldn't wait to get into the river. Do you know that the river of God, when you begin to worship the Lord, He begins to refresh you. There is a river and that river is a river of refreshing. And when you begin to worship the Lord, but I'll tell you, there were times that I... I remember one time I was so tired from working in the afternoon. I was a teenager. And I was so tired. And you had to walk about 700, 800 feet to get to the river, cross a freeway. And, and I remember I was just sitting there. I was so tired. Sweat was coming off me. And I was just looking at the river. Just watching the river. You know, sometimes people spend all their life analyzing the river, critiquing the river. Sometimes people come into a service and, man, I don't like this river. They're worshiping here in this river. We can end up criticizing the river, analyzing the river, cycle, babble the river and all that stuff. And God wants you to get into the river. Ezekiel had a vision of a river. And he talked about this man who went in to his ankles and then into his knees and up to his waist and then waters to swim in. And so when we begin to understand the power and the purpose of the river and we recognize that we are the streams that make up the river where God is in the midst of her. The Bible says, she shall not be moved. In other words, God is going to establish you. Here we find here in this passage that He visits the earth and He waters. God is a God who loves to water. He loves to enrich you. One thing about rivers, how many of you know that rivers have river banks? Amen? Do you know that the strength of the river is its river banks? If you don't have river banks, the river just kind of goes there anywhere. Some people like to, do you know that a service is like a river? And how many of you know it's good to have direction in a river, with a river? I remember years ago, my brother and I, one time, I did this once, my brother was more avid into this, but he loved to go down the Deschutes River. It was called river rafting. And I remember my brother took me up way up into the hills there in central Oregon and he says, he said, Ray, this is a great place to go because the boxcar drop-off is several miles down. And, oh, we'll have a great time. I'd never done river rafting. He said, Ron, where are we at? He says, I don't know. Let's just get in the river and find out where it's going to take us. <laughs> I, I said, you don't know where the river's going? No, but, it, you know, when we get down there, we'll just... They, he, he talked about th- there were people that will you can pay that will bring you back up to the top. And I said, why? I'd like to know where the place is going. And the interesting thing, and, and I, I actually trusted him. And now this is interesting. We got on this river, and, and oh well, we got on this river. Thank you, Lord. We're going down this river, and then there's a fork in the river. And I said, Ron, 
There's a fork coming up on the river. Which way do we go? He says, I don't know. I said, Ron, I thought you knew the river. And so we just guessed at what we're... How many of you know it's not a good thing to just guess in life? You really want to know where your river is going. It's really important to really investigate, ask questions, check it out. Now, there's times where even in the river of God, there's times where a river may be flowing, and even like this morning or any other morning, there's times where the Lord is going to want to move, and He's moving us, and He's moving on you, and He's speaking to you. He's speaking to the body, and He's, he's laying a vision on you. He's opening your eyes. Uh, he's giving you a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. Sometimes we don't know where that river is going. And sometimes there are people that stand on the riverbank and they watch the river and they say, I'm not getting in that river. I don't know where it's going. Or it's going too fast. Some people prefer a pond. Some people prefer, I, I like ponds. Because this river ain't going anywhere. It's stagnant. And by the way, ponds turn into marshes and marshes begin to stink. And sometimes we can be in a place where it's stagnant, there's no life, there's no faith, there's no movement, there's no power, and we're just kind of going in circles. Amen? Are you following me this morning? The Bible says there is a river. It didn't say there's a pond, there's a marsh it didn't say there's a lake it's a river god is trying to help us to understand that god is a god who's always on the move and he wants new life to move with him and by the way when god begins to let, let's let's learn a little more about the river jump with me back into revelations chapter 22 revelations chapter 22 this is a little more about the river Revelations 22, verse 1. This is John who's in the Spirit. And he showed me a pure. Everyone say pure. The river is also a pure river. Amen. How many of you know that God's presence will only flow and move where He is completely glorified and exalted? God will, it's a pure river. In other words, God doesn't want our plans. He doesn't need our ideas. He doesn't need any form of our contaminated things in it. It's a pure river. In other words, He wants us to look to Him. Now, God wants to use us, and He is using us. But it's a pure river. And by the way, you are pure. You are holy and you are righteous. But what I'm speaking about is that I, I need to make sure that when I come before the Lord, Lord, this is your house. This is your gifts. Lord, this is your ministry. It's not mine. Lord, I, I want to honor you in all that is said and done. It's a pure river. And when that, in, in a river that is pure is always flowing everyone say flowing and when it flows that river is moving and what it's flowing with is there's a flow of God's love 
There's a flow of faith. It's flowing with life. God wants His people to realize that He in the midst of you is not only to be flowing in you, but He's to be flowing out of you. He's to be, there's something to be coming out. Everyone say out. God wants out of you. The baptism of the Holy Spirit was not just an infilling, but an also an outflowing. It's something supposed to be coming out of you. What does that mean? Well, let me ask you this question. When's the last time you've invited someone over to your house and let the river just flow out and water some people that are just lonely? When's the last time, oh pastor, you're putting guilt on me? No, no, I'm not trying to put guilt. See, you were created to be a carrier of the river. You carry heaven. You carry life. And you have the power, literally you have the power to bring the river to people who are in dry places. You know what? You know what? I'm going to be speaking on a message entitled a series called The Blessed Life. The Lord's laid on my heart on the blessed life. One of the most important things about living the blessed life, being a blessed man, is when your eyes are off of you and on others and using what God has given you and the resources He has given you to serve and bless other people. I'll never forget, there was a man and his wife, an elder in our former church, his name was Larry Wade, his wife uh, Larry Wade, Larry and Carolyn Wade. And uh, I mean, he was a teacher, but just they, they were literally just a hair above poverty. L- literally, they had nothing. They had, he just lost a job in Central Oregon, moved to Portland, Oregon. And I'll never forget, he, uh, Pastor Iverson had brought him on staff. And, and during those days, Dick really didn't pay their ministry a whole lot. I mean, it literally, it was very low wages. But, but they, they didn't even have any furniture except what some people in the church had given to them. And they had rented a house across from the street from the church, Bible Temple, our old home church. And Larry and Carolyn Wade, the one thing about Larry and Carolyn is they loved to, to serve. They loved to, to, to entertain. They loved to just bless people. And they, they were, but yet they were so embarrassed. And they shared this testimony to our leadership at the time. Uh, and they said, we, we had just one couch. And the only couch we had was a love seat and a couple of folding chairs. And Carolyn said, you know, I remember one Sunday night, we wanted to have some new people over into our house. And all we had was some weak, weak iced tea. And we had marshmallows. Can you imagine iced tea? I don't know if iced tea and marshmallows go together, but all we had was iced tea and marshmallows. And he says, you know what? And and she said, for weeks, I wouldn't have, I told Larry, I said, Larry, I'm not going to have anybody over. We have nothing. We don't even have paper plates. We don't even have enough money to go out and get anything. I'm not going to have anybody over. I'm embarrassed to have anybody into my house. And Larry said, okay, honey, we, we won't have anyone over. And so they didn't have anyone over. And, uh, 
for about two, three, four weeks, a couple months had gone by, and Larry and Carolyn, they said, you know, we become the most loneliest, we become the most sorriest, we just sat there in that little love seat looking at each other, and we had a little black and white TV, and that's all we could do is watch that little black and white TV, because Larry hadn't made enough money, he'd lost his job, and uh, from Central Oregon, being a teacher, was hired on, and actually Brother Dick brought him on, because uh, he was a, he, he was uh, assistant teaching at the Bible college we had at the time, but they had nothing except iced tea, a love seat, and some marshmallows. And over a period of time, Larry said to his wife Carolyn, "He says, honey, you know what? We can't keep living like this. We're going to have to trust God." And so they decided to invite some families over anyway. And she said, we, w- they invited some people over, and all they had was iced tea, and they begin to, and other people begin to bring some food, and they had a fellowship in their home. And it, it began, what began as uh, just kind of feeling sorry for themselves, began to become a regular Sunday night fellowship at Larry and Carolyn Wade's house even though and and guess what when people would come to their house and saw what they didn't have people would begin to bring things and give to them and they got their entire house furnished when they begin to open their heart and that within a month and a half to two months their entire house was jam-packed with furnishings and they said we didn't know that god would take this and turn it around make it a big surprise and just bless the socks off of us and but here's the thing he says the joy that came into our home because we begin Instead of allowing the devil to just constantly bombard, oh, you don't have enough. What will people think? Oh, you just, you're so poor and so empowered. He says, we had to just take those thoughts and just cast them down. It says, God has given us a river and we can love people, we can befriend people. And you know what? It's amazing how God took what they did in sowing and opening their home, turned it around and blessed them and brought all the miraculous furnishings into their house, which they, by the way, were not looking for. By the way, folks, that's, that may not be a bad idea for some of us. <laughs> Maybe some of you need some furniture. Invite some people over. <laughs> you know, it's amazing when you begin to open up your home. I'm not, I know that sounds pretty crude for a motive, but... <laughs> That is a bad motive, by the way. But it is amazing how when you begin to open your heart and you begin to reach out and love people, how God will take that and turn it around and bring blessing back into your life. You see, I've got to come to understand I've got a river. I'm part of the river and God's presence and I can love people. I am a blessing. I want everyone to say that. I am a blessing. We, we got to stop saying, well, you know, you, you just don't understand. I don't have enough. I don't have what. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not really an extrovert. I don't really know what to say. May I give you some suggestions? Don't talk about yourself, but actually ask questions about them. 
begin to say, tell me about you. You know one thing I found about me? About people, I mean? I've learned this being a pastor. People love to talk about themselves. They do. And by the way, that's not bad. Because it's, that's how we learn to connect. That's how the river grows. That's how the love of God grows. There is a, what is the river that Psalms 46 is talking about? The river is not just some symbolic metaphor. No, he's talking about the very presence, the very life, and the very power of God that is flowing in the church. The church is the central focus of Jesus. Jesus said, I will build my pond. No, he said, I will build my church. And that church is a river. And one of the things we've got to be is in order for the river to be flowing through you, there's a couple of things that's going to have to happen. There's got to be a constant intake. Everyone say intake. I've got to be constantly receiving the abundance of His grace and the gift of righteousness. And I've got to be constantly refreshing myself in the river as I begin to lift my hands and I lift my voice and I begin to say, Thank you, Lord, for the river. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy, O oh God. Lord, it's because of you, Lord, I stand, Lord, in awe of you and your goodness, O oh God. It's not, it's not, well, that's just a charismatic kind of a thing you're doing. That's what those crazy spirit-filled charismatic. No, no, it's not that. That's what Christians do. Christians are a noisy bunch. The river is not some little quiet pond. It's intended to move through the city. It's intended to refresh the city. It's intended, by the way, if you're in a river, it will move you. Rivers were intended to carry you. It's intended to take you places you've never been. Rivers have direction. Here we find, He showed me a pure river, the water of life, clear as crystal. In other words, God in this river is going to open revelation. He's going to make some things clear. Amen. How many of you want some revelation? It's a clear river. Some people in our eschatology think this is only for future tense. No. Do you know God wants you to drink from the river today? You can eat from the tree of life today. Notice verse 2. I love it. In the middle of its streets. Wow, this river has streets. This river has streets. Everyone say, in the middle. I don't know about you folks, but I want to get right in the middle of what God's doing. I'm not going to stand on the side and criticize the river and analyze the river. There's so many people. i got some relatives. And they're not necessarily in the stream of where Carol and I and what this church is doing. But many times they criticize and they analyze what we're doing and why we do what we do. And they don't really believe what we're doing for today is of for today. And it's really not for today. And... And they, they spend all their time analyzing, criticizing, and even taking the Word of God and trying to disprove it. How sad. You know what? I'd rather focus on the goodness of God. 
I'd rather focus on what God is doing today. Do you know God is healing the sick? He's raising the dead. He's bringing hope to the hopeless. He's, he's bringing a new healthy prosperity and a mindset to people. Here, Jesus, John under the anointing, says that in the middle of the streets and on the either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit. Let me tell you something. In the river... There's fruit. It says 12 fruits. I personally believe that fruit is the gifts of the Spirit, the life of God that is manifesting itself through the believer. That fruit. How many of you know God wants His church to bear fruit? And it says that on the sides of the river, on either side, it's touching lives. It's ministering life. It's bringing hope. It's ministering in life. And it says the leaves yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Everyone say healing of the nations. This river is going to bring healing. God intends for you as part of that river to bring healing. In other words, there's something in you. There's something in you that's flowing. And you know what that is? It's Jesus. Jesus is the river. He is, it's flowing in you. And it's as you receive Jesus... And as you receive the life of God, and as you receive the refreshing, as you, as you meditate and you wait upon the goodness of God, you meditate on the goodness of the Father, and you, you meditate on what He's done, and how He's redeemed you, and how He's come to elevate your life. How He's brought you out of darkness. He's seated you in heavenly places with Him in Christ. He's given you dominion. He's given you power over your enemies. He's given you life instead of death. He's broken the curse off your life. You are not a victim. The river of life, the Word of the Lord, that permeates that like an artesian well that bubbles up. It, it's so powerful. And you're so full, you are overflowing. And so you can't contain yourself. And you, you know, you, you just you want to just reach out and bless people. And it's not because you're trying to show off. It's not because you're trying to make any brownie point or anything. It's because God has given you so much, you just want to touch people with the love of God. You got a testimony. You got, you got a word. Every one of you have a testimony. Every one of you have a word that would bring refreshing because you're part of the streams that make up the river. There is a river that makes glad. Everyone say makes glad. Say this. I make people glad because of the river in me. Amen. You don't make them sad. And I've talked to people at times that say, oh, Pastor, you know, I, I, I just, I really don't have a lot to say. I don't have a lot to offer. I, I'm just little, little old me. I, I just don't have a whole lot. I said, you know why you're thinking like that? 
well, no, I just, I'm just poor little old me. You just got your eyes on all you. Let me tell you, we're all small. We're all insignificant. We're all nothing, actually. We have nothing in ourselves. But Christ in us is the hope of glory. It is Christ in you, the hope. See, Christ puts hope. And how many of you can, how many of you know somebody right now that needs hope? They need hope. And they need that river. They need to taste Jesus who refreshes and brings life to them because you have a word. You have a testimony. You have a house. You have a car. You have a personality that is a great blessing to people. You need to like you. You need to like you and appreciate because if you don't like you, what you're really doing is you're insulting the Creator who made you. He made no one else like you. And He says that you are wonderfully and fearfully made. And when He looks at you, He looks at you with pride. He looks at you and He looks at you and He says, there, <laughs> there is my workmanship. There's the work of my grace. I'm so proud of him. So proud of her. I want the whole world to see for eternity what my grace can do with a person who was marred by sin. I can make them into champions and I can make them into uh, vessels of honor instead of vessels of dishonor. See, Jesus knows how to take a dishonored life, take a shattered life, and when the river is flowing on you and in you and you open yourself to the river. Let me tell you how I open myself up to the river. First of all, this is how you open yourself up to the river. you got to get off the riverbanks. You gotta allow the river to move you. You know, a river does not stand still, it moves. It's moving. Okay? And so God wants to move some of you. He wants to move some of you out of fear. He wants to move some of you out of that independent mindset. He wants to move some of you out of self pity. Some of you out of that victim's mind. Some of you out of that poverty. He wants to move you from fear to faith. He wants to move you from small-minded thinking into a large place where you're increased and you're overflowing with the abundance of His goodness. He wants you to know that He is in the middle, in the midst of you. And by the way, when you're in the river, it's not about you. It's all about Jesus. In you, on you, through you. Working His good pleasure and bringing healing to the nations. And notice verse 3, And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb of God shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him, and they shall see His face, and His name shall be on their foreheads. The idea of His name being on their foreheads, folks, means... 
that the very character and the very life of Jesus is on their thoughts. How many of you think about Jesus? He consumes my thoughts. There's nothing greater. You know, about a couple months ago, I, I, I got I to I make a confession to you. A couple months ago, I was watching the news. And I was, you know, I, 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 I discovered myself doing something that I never thought I would do. I was talking back to the TV. And I'm getting mad at what the news is saying. And I'm saying, well, I can't. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm, my wife is and I'm talking there. And the Holy Spirit says, turn it off. And the Lord said, what are you watching this for? Why are you letting what you see on the news affect you? You're out of the river, Ray. You're sitting there on the, on the riverbanks and you're, you're drying and you're getting all discouraged and you're just kind of turning into an old prune and drying up because your eyes are not, and you're not living in the life of the river. And the Lord literally spoke to me. He, he said, Ray, I want you to stop watching less news. And I thought, I, I, I told the Lord this. I said, Lord, shouldn't I know what's going on? I mean, as a pastor, I need to be relevant and know what's He says, the only thing you need to know is what the Holy Spirit will be speaking to you. I got to tell you something. I'm actually experiencing greater peace. You know, I'm actually experiencing now because, uh, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't like a lot of things that are happening. And it has nothing to do with my party and what I vote for. It's just because we, we obviously, all of us, if, if you're a believer and you love the Lord and you love our nation, you know there's major changes that are taking place in our nation. And, you know, you can allow the river of God you, you, can, you can get out of the river and you can begin to get into marshes and you can just go into circles and it just begins to stink. And you begin to just kind of get all sour and messed up and mad. And, and that's what I was doing. I was getting into the marshes. And God said, Ray, you're not in the river. You're not staying in the flow of the river. So I, I, I just said, Lord, I'm turning the TV off. And I just went into my bedroom and I said, Father, just send the rain on me right now. Lord, you're in control. You're in control, Father. And I remember reading in 2 Timothy 2 where Paul says that we're to pray for all those that are in authority, for kings and for rulers. I got to tell you, folks, I had a hard time with that one. I said, oh, God, and not only does it say to pray for him, it says to give thanks. Oh, God. I need more of the river now than I ever thought. And I, 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 started, Lord, I said, Lord, okay, Lord, I'm giving you thanks because you obviously are in control. And I, I, I'm not kidding you. I had to make a serious adjustment. Pastor Ray, I'm, by the way, folks, I'm just being open with you. I know none of you ever go through this. But I had to repent. I had to really seriously make some adjustments. I got out of the river. And you know what? When you're out of the river, God is not very present. And He doesn't seem to be a refuge. 
in times of trouble. And I begin to find myself becoming afraid. And when the mountains are moving and the, and the sea is storming, all of a sudden I got my eyes on the storm instead of my eyes on Jesus. And so I said, Lord, please forgive me. I need to get back into the river. And as I begin to see in this passage, it says, there is no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it. It's talking about the river here. Do you know that the river flows from the throne? What's at the throne? The Bible says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy in the time of need. In other words, the river always flows from the throne. And you know, the way that river flows through you is when you begin to offer yourself to the Lord and enter in to worship. Everyone say worship. Worship. The Lord, in fact, can we all stand right now? Let's just all stand. I'm done. I want you all to stand. I want you to lift your hands right now. Just lift your hands unto the Lord. The Bible says lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting to the Lord. And just say, Father, let the river flow through me. Father, just let the river flow through us this morning, Lord. Father, we just pray that you would just send the rain and bring refreshing into our homes, our marriages, our life. Lord Jesus, there is a river that makes glad the city of God. Oh Lord, let that river saturate and move us. Move through us, Father. Oh Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you're a God who loves to water your people. You love to make glad. You love for people to experience the joy of having you in our lives. You are that river this morning. Oh Lord, we just, right now, we just release things that we cannot control. Father, we just surrender things that we cannot change. Lord, we release those things. We cast down doubt. We cast fear. We cast down every vain imagination and any thought that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Father, we ask, O oh Lord, and we position ourselves in the middle of the river. Lord, we want to be right in the middle of what You're doing. Lord, we just love You this morning. We give You praise. We thank You. Oh God, that you come, Lord, to bring the healing to the nations in this river, Lord. You come to heal us, restore us. Oh God, you come to revive us, Lord, with your river this morning. Oh God, you come to minister to people, Lord, that are in a hard place. Those that are in a difficult place this morning, Lord. For you are our rock. You are our refuge. You are our very present help in the time of trouble. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Lord. For with God all things are possible. Oh, Lord, we thank You this morning. With every head bowed this morning, you may say, Pastor Ray, I just know that my faith has been shaken in the past. And I just need to find, I need to get into that river. I, I need to just realign and readjust my mindset this morning. I need to bring my soul into alignment.
to the Word of God. I've moved out of faith into fear and unbelief, even like you, Ray, and I just need that adjustment in my life. If that's you this morning, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray with you this morning. Amen. I see your hand. Amen. These are honorable men and women, honorable women and men of God. Father, amen. Father, we just pray right now for those who raise their hands. Lord, we ask You in Jesus' name that You would send that river from heaven. Lord, as we begin to worship You, Lord, help us to realize that we get into that river and that river flows through us as we begin to allow our bodies, our lives, our minds, Lord, to worship You. As we worship You, Lord, it's that river that flows through us, saturates, it moves us, takes us right into the very presence of the Lord. Father, we thank You, Lord, that You've come to minister to us today. Oh, Lord, Lord, no longer are we going to be, uh, uh, no longer are we going to be distracted or derailed into marshes or ponds. No longer taken into places out of the river. But Lord, we're going to stay in the flow of the will of God. We're going to stay into the flow of what you're saying. We're going to stay into the flow of faith. We're not going to move into unbelief. Lord, we're going to stay into the river, Lord, what You've called us to stay and live in. And we look to You. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. How many of you refreshed this morning? Amen. You know, the river of God not only flows through Zion, but He's going to flow out of your life. He's flowing out of your life and you are going to touch others my wife has a word here Kara go ahead how do you want to use my mic here? I just feel like the Lord is They were hitting their hands. Yes. Praise God. Amen. Excellent. Excellent. Praise God. Right, right. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lord. Right, right. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I, I really feel there's also just been a limitation in the way we think. And the Lord wants to just begin to remove the spirit of fear. There's been people that have been living with a spirit of fear. And when challenges have come your way, you've kind of drawn back, you've withdrawn. And the Lord wants you to understand that it's time to get out of the boat. It's time to start walking on water. It's time to begin to stand on the promises and let the miracle happen. Miracles don't happen until you get out of the boat. We got to get out of the boat. Remember, Peter didn't walk on water. He was standing on the Word. That's what he was standing on. Father, we pray right now for the spirit of faith to be released upon your people, Lord. We release vision. We release, Lord, a spirit of faith, the gift of faith and impartation. Lord, right now, Lord, we just move from a small-minded thoughts, Lord, into a place of increase, into a place of promise, Lord, into taking the land. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you've given us the promises of God. The promises of God are not if, but are yes and amen. And so we say yes to the word of the Lord. We say yes, Lord, to how you have called us and anointed us. We say yes, Lord, to the plan of God. We say yes, even in the midst of a problem that is beyond our own ability. We say yes, Lord God, in Jesus' name. We say yes, Lord, in the face of every giant, every problem. We say yes to you, O oh God. No weapon formed against you will prosper. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord God. Jesus. Worthy, O Lamb. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, mighty God. Yes, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. You know, need prayer. I'm, I'm believing that it's going to be that my brain is going to be normal again. Okay. Can we want well, Can we pray with you? Okay. You want the whole church or just me? Whatever you feel. Okay. Well, let me. I want you to. I want you to 
agree with me here on something? Praise God. I want to... I was wondering if we could just agree on a specific prayer matter here. Our sister is going to have tests, right? Is it tests? Why why don't you go ahead and say what the need was? Okay. I know you've been wanting me to do this. Amen. Last year, I was uh, stricken with um, the West Nile virus, the worst kind you could have, the uh, neurological kind, and uh, they uh, called it the encephalitis in my brain. But God saved me. Hallelujah. They didn't expect me to live. He has a reason for saving me. And um, always give him the glory and, and the praise. Yes. For two weeks, I, I had no memory of what was going mm. to happen. <clears throat> so this week, my doctor is going to give me another MRI to see if all of the mass, if, if the brain is normal and the encephalitis is gone. So I'd like for everyone to please agree. Yes. That, that God, I know I have the mind of Christ, and that's a perfect mind. So if you'd agree with me, I, 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 I'm believing that he's not going to find anything left. Yes. Let, let's, let's thank the Lord for that healing, shall we? Father, we thank you for our sister. We thank you for the promise of God's word. You said that we will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And right now, Father, we thank you for the atonement We thank you that there's power in the name of Jesus and through faith in his name, she is made whole. There is no residue of this West Nile in her mind, in her brain, or any part of her body. We speak healing and we just speak cleansing through her entire body of this encephalitis in Jesus' name. We thank you for the victory, and we believe you for a good report, Lord. We thank you. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, Lord, for this wonderful woman of God, such a, a lovely lady who loves the Lord, who served the Lord for years. Father, we just pray, Lord, that you'd strengthen her. Let the refreshing of your presence rest upon her, O oh Lord. We thank you, Lord that they have served as shepherds in the house for many years and been faithful servants. Lord, we ask you, Lord, to touch them and minister them in a powerful way. I I just sense God's power just resting upon you even now. Even now, God's power to heal. The power of God to heal is upon you now in Jesus' name. You're healed. And Father, we give you thanks for the miracle of healing in our body. In Jesus' name. It is done. It is done. In Jesus' name. Praise God. So I'll have a good report next Sunday. We believe that. You know, when Pastor Ray was praying for you, a scripture that came to mind, you know it, that he desires to do exceedingly, abundantly, You think you're going for an MRI. God is bringing you, he's commissioning you to go to this environment to preach the good news. You're going for this. 
But God is saying, I'm going to do this. Yes. And I just want to pray Good. that we keep an open mind and an open heart. Good. God Good. is sending you to this place. He has to get an MRI. But you are going to speak and touch somebody's life. Could be the nurse. Could be the administrator. Somebody just filling out the forms. God is sending Excellent, you Randy. Excellent. To, to, to minister. His goodness and his healing. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you. Yes, yes. Lord, we just thank you for this couple, Lord. There's such a, a there's a rich deposit in this couple, Lord. Yes. And Lord, we, we know we uh we will make our plans, Lord, but you direct, direct our, our steps. steps. Yes. And we just thank you. And I'm expecting, I'm I'm just excited about the testimony. Yes, the clear MRI, yes. Lord. But more importantly, even than that, Father God, the, 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 the testimony of how Jesus. you sent her yes. to mm. touch somebody's life, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. All right. Yes. I saw, uh, as you were talking about the girl, the Lord told me about Naaman, the Syrian commander going to Elisha, and he had dead flesh on him called leprosy. Yeah. Slide down like Naaman had to do mm. and step into that river to wash that dead flesh away. Amen. Excellent. Excellent. Good word. Good insight on that. Amen. God is faithful, isn't he? Turn around. Give someone a hug. God bless you. Don't forget Wednesday night prayer here at the church. Prayer. God bless you.